the sold-out five-star play is returning to Webster's Theatre. This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February 2023. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 103 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by an absolutely fantastic actress. Please welcome to the podcast Natalie Gavin. Drama School Dropout Graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast, how are we? I'm really well, thank you for having me. Oh, genuinely, thank you so much for coming on, I'm I'm so excited to chat with you. How's, how's life? Because I know we're sort of in this sort of really strange time period of it's not a pandemic but we're still kind of in a pandemic and as actors we sort of need to be in places in person so you can't get COVID and have to stay at home for 10 days um well I've only just recently got I had COVID at the beginning of this month and it's the first time that I've had it throughout the whole thing and it were it were awful but I think I think it were more awful physically um or with a driver the other day and I think they they um nailed it it's because you are not so physically ill that you you, you can't do anything but yeah. mentally putting focus onto something you can't yeah so it's like you're in this weird space and i was like i did contemplate going what what is this life <laughs> what i do like to ask everyone normally i'm going to switch it up for you because i, I know what your first role was and i want to talk about it because it's my favorite tv show of all time okay. like genuinely shameless yeah and you know oh i didn't clock it was you and oh, i've really? never and i was reading last because we only got the email last night to sort of get this going today and i was yeah. doing my research and it was like shameless and then i saw the character anna Sam- i was like who the fuck's anna Sampson? and i was like <laughs> I've seen every episode of Shameless four or five times. Favourite TV show, like, Jodie Latham is one of the reasons that I'm an actor. Like, yeah. love oh. it. And I was like, who the fuck just <laughs> playing Shameless? And I'm, like, trying to go through my head, and I was, like, thinking, is it Yvonne's mate? And then I was like, no. And then I just had to Google And I was like, and then when I found out that you were the scratch card, uh, scratch card ticket girl, yeah. it's like, oh my like it's so obvious now what was it like filming that oh I still feel I still um think of that job fondly and I still feel rate it has got to be up there one of my favorite jobs um I wrote uni at the time when I got the call I were in a lecture um and it literally was my my first ever job and I was doing drama and theater studies at uni I thought I better get an education because I'm not going to make a I'm uh, not know what's going to happen to me here. So my friend ushered me out of the lecture. Answer it, answer it, because it was the casting director. I'd met him from college. Yeah. And he kept my 
number and he phoned me and said, there's this, do you want to come and audition for it? I had my tongue pierced. I went in in like a short denim skirt, like my hair scraped back, sovereign rings. <laughs> I was the part, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So when I took the call, they're like, you've got it. Um, we need to book you for a certain amount of time. And because I were at uni full time, I literally had to walk out that day. I had to walk out of my course. I'd been, I think we're halfway through my second year. But so you know, head... like every, I've spoke to now hundreds of actors on this podcast and just hundreds of actors in real life. And everyone says the same thing. You learn more on that first week of a job than you do in drama school. Oh my goodness. I'd never even, never seen a set. I'd never opened a drawer and there'd be, you know, utensils there that I can actually act with. <laughs> Never mind first kissing scene, first sex scene, first stunt. First sex scene with a gay character as well. Like we headbutted each other and I bust his lip. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, I don't quite know what I'm doing. He shoved me in a bin. Yeah, you were in a bin, um, motorbike. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. The, the works. I absolutely loved it. And we, we like, I still every now and again speak to Jodie. He's so lovely. Um, Elliot, like, they're all such good people. Yeah. Um, Noreen Kershaw, she was a director on it. She still directs. She was phenomenal. Like, five o'clock pickup in the morning, and you're like, and she's like, morning! And you're like, oh. <laughs> Calm down. need a bit of you. No, you needed it. You needed it. Like, yeah. It, it was great. Because at that point as well, you're quite into the show and the show has exploded and it's become a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. What did it go, what was it like going from being somebody who had never professionally acted before to being catapulted? And, and you, were, you weren't just like a side character for the episodes that you were in. You were a fully focused, fully realised character. What mm -hmm. happened like when that episode aired? Well, I was a massive fan of it as well. I used to... Oh my gosh, we had, I had a massive TV as well, not flat screen, I had a massive TV that were on my chest of drawers. And I used to plug my headphones in because my mum and dad hate swearing. So I used to plug the headphones in into this huge TV. I used to push my bed up right to the end and I used to sit and watch it when they were on. And even the, the idea of auditioning for that show blew my mind. Never mind being there. Yeah, I just feel like it made, it made me more hungry. Yeah. It, I thought, this is it. This has got to be it. I feel like I, I've always had a bit of faith in my in my abilities. I feel like that is you've key. got to. Yeah, I've always had a bit of uh, confidence in it. I came to it quite late on, really. Um, I, I realised what I wanted to do. I think when I was about sixteen, seventeen. But I've always, I've always had that. Yeah, I was I'll the same. See. Yeah, I'll, I'll see. I'll see how far I can get. That way, I never got disappointed. You know, if it didn't go my way, I was like, well, I gave it my best shot. Oh, I'm not like that. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I still am today. I even said it to my friend on the phone. I said um, I went for a, a job, and I was like, "We'll see, we'll see." I still say it like I should hashtag that. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously, I couldn't believe my look. Even watching it, I couldn't believe my look. Did your mum and dad watch it? Even though they hate swearing, they did. They did. They did. You're getting kicked out <laughs> the next day. Yeah. Um, I'm doing this for a living. I said, it's just acting, mum, it's just acting. <laughs> I showed him script, so he wouldn't have a, he had a understanding of what I had to do. Yeah. Um, you still got that script from your first ever job? Do you know what? I might have, yeah. 
but it's like deep deep in, in, the, in the boxes in the attic yeah yeah it'll be in the garage at mom and dad's house but I, there's a load of scripts that I've kept, mm. so it's got to be in there. Or if it's not the full script, it's the sides. Yeah. You get little work call sheet and stuff on. Mm. Yeah. And David Shaw, the casting director, he saw me write. He, he, he cast me in the syndicate as well. Yeah. But they, they auditioned me like five or six times, which is unheard of. But I didn't know that at the time. I was so fresh. I didn't understand the industry at all. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had about five recalls. I think it's because they were wow. like, she's too the character. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think they, they were really we're struck too it. lucky. Yeah. The idea of insuring me, I think, frightened them. <laughs> they were just wild. I'm just yeah. so wild. But to backtracking a little bit, uni, University of Huddersfield, you're doing drama. One of my favorite things in this world are crazy and funny drama school stories because shit goes down in those rooms that nobody will ever believe. Have you got one? Don't have to mention names. Don't have to out anyone. Do you know what? I got two buses back and two buses there. Like I, I did. That's commitment. Because I, um, I t- obviously I left that that day. Yeah. Um, and I went back and I went back part time for two years and then I went back full time. So although I did make friends, I didn't feel like I had a solid group. Mm. I went in there. I worked my ass off and then, I, and then I went home and had my tea. Do you know what I mean? So I, I work, I'm, I'm quite, no, duh, I don't feel like I do. Not that one that springs to mind instantly. But if, if, if I think of that, I'll, I'll mention it. But instantly I just, no. Going on like staying on the drama school vein, I dropped out of my first uni course, not for a professional job, unfortunately. Um, But drama school for me had been such a, a time where I learned so much about myself. What was the biggest lesson that you learned while you were at drama school? To own my voice. I feel like I was definitely... And, and to be proud of being working class, I feel like I definitely learned that. I opened my mouth and, my God, I, I won't be matched up with anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's getting a lot better now, especially in Scotland, that we were all working class. I do. I feel like the opportunities have definitely broadened, but I also feel that... They know where to come if they want a particular role. And at first I were a little bit like, oh gosh, these are very stereotypical, uh, you know, characters. Working class roles. uh, That are very uneducated. And this, that and the other. And then I thought, well, hang on, I know I'm educated. Mm. I might not sound educated, but I am educated. And I thought, well, what I need to do is the characters that were, I were being approached, I thought I'm going to give them depth. Mm. I'm going to give them colour. They're not just these stereotypes, you know what I mean? If she's troubled, there's a reason for it. So it made me work harder to bring these characters to life, the sort of rough, tough, working-class um, yeah. characters. And, and I love the challenge, I must admit, but I do feel that they do try and go, oh, yeah, sh- she can do it, because mm. obviously she is that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I go, well, I am that, but uh, mm. she's, it's a lot more than that. Along along the same vein, we're going to talk about Ackley Bridge in a minute, but your your character in that comes from a very stereotypical, racist, yeah. British, Little England family. Yeah. Is there ever, because I know that that does come with sort of your stereotype of working class, like a lot of working class actors get offered those roles. See, when you're offered something where you have to say, I haven't watched Ackley Bridge in a while. I know there are some slurs in it. 
But when you're offered something where you may be using offensive language, especially in today's culture and in today's time where we've just had all of the Black Lives Matter stuff, which I I, I feel like I said that in a way I dismissed it totally for it. I'm not a racist. No, no, um, no. But when you're offered a part like that, is there any hesitation of being like, I don't really want to go on camera? And even though it's the character and I'm only acting, I don't want to say that on that kind of I stuff. I feel like I'm, I'm, I still feel that these people that I represent exist. Oh, 100% they do. They'll still exist. Um, but again, it's because they're closed minded and uneducated. I just meant from like a, a personal, like as I, even though I'm playing I the game. Some awful stuff. Don't want to be Natalie on screen saying this. If it were a one-liner or, or, or um, the character, the, the, it didn't exist. If it were just, um, you know, just a racist or, uh, and that that's that were the title mm. or, or, you know, a fascist. Or, yeah, like racist number one. Yeah, absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. But if I got the opportunity to flesh it out and try and find somebody inside that person that I could potentially show the world that people still yeah. like this, people live still like this, have mm. those ridiculous ideas yeah. and thoughts and feelings, then, yeah, no, mm. I feel like I'm, I'm okay to say a lot of things. Um, but, as long as, <laughs> I bet as long as it's, it's, it's back to... Contextually with, properly done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get what you mean. Like, it's not just racist number one walks into a shop and says X, Y, Z. Because some, some, the biggest compliment for me when um, when I played Nadine is that some, not many, but some people said that they really felt for her. And I was like, that, mm. that, that, that'll do, that'll do. She, she, she didn't know her daughter. Yeah. She was jealous, jealous of the attention she was getting from a teacher because a teacher could see what her potential. Yeah. And she couldn't understand that. She wanted her. She's she'd never had anybody look at her like she had potential. She mm. had look at the, her background, look at her family. There were no there were no female. Yeah, figures. she was a product of that. Yeah, exactly. So the, there is a scene that I still um I really I'm still really proud of is when mm. when she's um having their big argument just before she gets arrested, and then she she's really emotionally distressed by it all. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel so, yeah, I really loved playing her. Um, she was naughty. Some of the stuff when I when I were reading the scenes, I just thought, oh, my goodness. Are you in the newer scene? I, I stopped watching when it no. when the cast, when, when when the good actors left. <laughs> uh, no, I, no the, I were with, um, is it Poppy? Yeah, Lee Fryer. I, when Poppy left, I, I, I'm no longer in it. Do you know, I, I watched two of the new episodes from the fourth series. And I was just like, I get it that you set a drama in a secondary school and you have to age those characters up. Mm. But if I'm being honest, it should have ended when series three finished. Yeah. It was like, it was like they had just tried to recreate like Naz and I forget the other characters' names. And it was just like, they were trying to do it all over again, but with yeah. different storylines. And I was like, mm. I'll probably give this a miss. One of the questions that I love to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is if a casting director came tomorrow and said to you, listen, I want you to do a two-hander in the West End, um, but I don't know who you want to be your co-star. We've got as much money as we possibly need. Who's one actor that's alive that you would be like, a two-hander with them, please? 
Oh my. Uh, Julie Walters. Yes. Such a queen in one yes. of my favourite films. Yes. Mm. Done. Billy Elliot, the remake. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm going to carry on my campaign that's been going for a hundred odd weeks. Catherine Tate, please do a two-hander with me in the West End or, like, come on the podcast. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's up to you. Like, just, <laughs> just, just come and chat to me. Um, do you have a worst audition story? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Can you share it with us? Yeah. <laughs> I can. So I, I wasn't doing very well at the whole casting sort of side of things. I weren't. I was telling stories and watching their eyes die and talking too much. It was just, I couldn't get a grip on it. I didn't quite understand the etiquette. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I'd just go in and hardly say nothing. I thought, well, maybe that might work. So I went, mm, yeah. Mm. Um, Couldn't get again, the balance right. Yeah, yeah, I was really struggling. And I thought, well, I'm going to try and be inventive. I thought I kept getting young mums and I'm like, I'm not good at this. I'm not like... I. I'm still too young myself. So when the reader was trying to be my kid, I was not connecting because I was like, this is just not truthful, is mm. it? Because you're a middle-aged man or a middle-aged woman and <laughs> you're not my kid. You're older than me. <laughs> so I was like, so I thought, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I know what I'm going to do. I am going to take a prop in. I'm going to then sit this prop on my knee and then I, this is going to be the eye line for my baby. Mm-hmm. So I took an orange orangutan teddy in, <laughs> in my back and, I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I opened just before they went, right, when you're ready, I went, oh, I said, I've, I've brought something. <laughs> and it was like, okay. And I went, am I all right to... And they went, yeah, yeah, sure. Opened it up. I put. I picked. I showed them my orange orangutan teddy, and I put it on my knee. I thought it'd be really good for eyeline. And they were like, "No." <laughs> I went up, oh. and they went, "No." If you just look to the reader, I went, <laughs> "Right." So I had to pick it up and put it back in my bag and zip it back up. Why do I think that's the worst part about it? I think he is. And then they went, when you're ready. And I was still so distraught. I was distraught. So then I, I did oh. the And they were like, right, thank you. And then it gets, it gets even worse because then the casting director like followed me out. So I turned around and I went to hug her. And she just sort of didn't want to hug me back. And <laughs> there is through my head, nearly head butted her, through my arms around her. And then I was like, thanks, bye. And, then I, and I thought, well, I'm never going to hear from them again. I got it. Oh, wow. It, that I hope you <laughs> left the orange orangutan at home. Yeah, I did. Um, it were prisoners' wives. <laughs> Could not believe it. I thought that's got to be the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. And she said, she said as soon as she went, it, it, it she, we, we appreciated that was Sam. Jones, I think. She said, we really appreciate, we appreciate that your um, inventiveness and the way that you dealt with it. But obviously we, it was my, it was my recall and she knew that we were our right for it anyway. <laughs> but that was horrific. Don't do that. Oh. We've got um, a game to play now and it's one of my favourite things. No, it's, it's good. Okay. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. 
you're going to laugh. Okay. Called Stage Right or Stage Shite. So it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. And one's a big fat lie that has been uh, made up by our producer, Hev. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it, so I can play along too, because this is my favourite thing in the world. And I was reading these earlier. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. Okay, so I've got to get, I've got to find the. So we've the, got to lie. guess which one's stage shite, so which one's not true. Okay. Which means two of these actually happened, which is possibly like the scariest part. Okay. Number one, I was working front of house and a woman knocked a display over and I ran over to help and jokingly said, you need to watch where you're going. And she turned around and replied, I'm blind. Number two, I had to enter the stage bouncing on a space hopper during drama school. As I bounced on the stage, the thing burst and I landed on my ass in front of 300 people. <laughs> Number three, during my Broadway debut, I dropped a broom into the orchestra pit and hit our cellist in the face and snapped a string. I want all of them to be true. I really hope just for the sake and sanity of the I feel person, like the broom. I feel like that's uh, stage shite. See, the broom I, in the orchestra pit. I hope the blind one isn't true just for the sanity of, of that person. Yeah, but that sounded like it was. Oh, could you imagine going up to somebody and be like, you need to watch where you're going? Uh, I, see if they were blind the good thing is you can run away and they'll never know that you're not there anymore but i bet that happens to people that are visually all impaired. the time all the time i bet she loved saying it as well yeah I bet she was like, how dare you i'm blind yeah but here is my white I'd cane great, i'd take great pride in that if somebody were being rude to me yeah I, but they just said and jokingly said you need to watch where you're going do you know what right i think i'm gonna go for number two you don't have to follow me but I'm going to go for number I'm going three. number three. Number three. Why is he a broom in the orchestra pit? Why, why is he a broom? Well, I, my instant when thought was wicked. live orchestra. Yeah, my, my instant thought was wicked. And of course it was number one. Number one's a lie. Yeah. Oh, the, the visually impaired? Yeah. Oh! Oh, the space hopper. Oh, that was true. Oh, Imagine no. that bursting on your ass. That had hurt your tailbone. That yeah. Was really bad, actually. Oh. But again, very, very embarrassing. And very funny. I kind of want to see it. If you have but a video, please do? send do it you, to us. Or you get you up and keep going. You get you up and keep going. Bounce. No, you just... I would make a joke. If it was me, I would make a joke of it. I'd probably throw it away and I would carry on doing whatever I was doing. What if it's like a five-minute scene where you needed to be on that space up? Oh, well, surely there's no... Like, see if there is. Like, if there's an actual play... Where they being on a space hopper is integral to the storyline, the playwright needs to get a grip. And then it could be brilliant. It could be uh, then the stage manager rolls on another space hopper. Yeah, I, you just got to carry on, haven't you? Like you can't. And you don't catch it, and it rolls into audience. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Falls oh. into the orchestra pit and hits the cellist. And oh. The audience audience member throws it back on the stage, <laughs> and you get on it, and a big cheers. <laughs> oh okay. yeah if it so that actually happens what i want to know is if you have a video please um send it to the email in the show notes down below i want to see it and i'll, I'll share it with you yes please, <laughs> please. Um, talking about ackley bridge did you steal anything from the set do you ever uh, steal anything from sets oh absolutely i'm wearing i'm wearing the clothes <laughs> of, uh... i'm wearing an ackley bridge school uniform uh no it's uh... <laughs> Red, the character in Red Rose, this is her. This is gorgeous clothes on there. They're all, all saints and all sorts. I was like, can I? All mine. <laughs> Thank you very much. I did. What did I take? 
I'm sure I took her necklace with an N on it and a ring. I took a ring with an N on it as well. Transfers into real life. But I, obviously I ask. I do. We line of duty. Ask. I took my line of duty badge. And when I did Jericho, I took my wedding wreath. I steal all the time. I've got something from every show I've ever done. You've got to. Mm. The only thing that I didn't get away with stealing was the dagger in Macbeth. That was what I wanted. And they were like, no. I even, I did the crucible at the old Vic. I played Mary Warren and I got the poppet. Now that's great. Mm. That is, for for a, a crucible fan, that's quite something. Yeah. They wouldn't let me take the the um the dagger. So I stole one of the shirts that was covered in blood and I've got like a cut of that about that much fabric covered in blood. And somebody yeah. found it the other day and was like, Why have you just got like a random bit of white fabric? And I was like, It's from the first time I played Macbeth. It's mine. Put it down. Nice. Don't touch it. Nice. I won't <laughs> question it. Um You've had such an amazing career, like we're talking there, casualty, prisoners' wives, line of duty. But have you had a what-the-fuck-is-going-on moment? How did I get here? Uh, I was on the syndicate, and I were, I had Matt Addy side of me, um, and I had Alison Steadman on the other side of me. What a queen! And I was like, oh, hey, 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 hey. How have I done this? Yeah. I, I'm an nobody. I sat alongside a lot of legends. Do you know what I mean? Full Monty, Mark Addy, I watched him. I thought he were, mm. do you know, Alison Sedman speaks for itself. Do you know, uh, just while we're on the topic of Alison Sedman, I didn't find this out until maybe like two years ago because I was watching a Gavin and Stacey documentary. She has the poshest accent I've ever heard. Yeah. And because yeah. I'm so used to her as Pam, it's like, what? What? Do you know what? She like is... Sheila Reed with Madge in Benidorm. Sheila Reed's got a really posh voice. Yeah. She's, she's, is the most down to earth. She, she's inspiring. So inspiring. When we, when we were on that job for about four or five months and me and Alison got on really well and we still do. I, I messaged her over there actually. Um, and she's came to see every play I've ever done since we met. I love that. And she, her, the way she used to tell stories, she just used to morph and like shape shift into these characters. So you just like transfixed on her. Yeah, she's so kind, and I, I want to be her. We've we've shared a few glasses of wine, and I've I've like literally confessed my love to her because she is a gorgeous, she's a gorgeous human hero, being. such a legend. Yeah, I thought if you if you can have a career the way that you've had your career and you can be like this humble and this sweet and, and friendly and, and like smash smash it with a talent. But yeah, I'll, mm. I'll stick around. Like you yeah. are a good egg. <laughs> um, we've got a, a new closing tradition on the podcast. And I do have to say again, just in case anybody hasn't heard me say this, I didn't steal this from Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO, thought about it all by myself, and then started listening to his podcast and realised he does the same thing. So it's a question from the previous guest to the current guest. Okay. And they don't know who they're asking. They don't know. Um, You won't know who you're asking the question to. But the question okay. you've been asked is, if you could swap lives with another actor, who would it be and why? Are they, live, are they living? Yeah, let's go for that. They didn't Whoopi, specify. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, what a queen. Do you know she doesn't like to fly? 
Really? Yeah, so whenever she works... How does she get to the UK, then? So she gets a boat. Wow. Or she gets knocked out and put on a flight. But see, when she's going, like, from New York to LA, she drives. There's nothing that she couldn't do. She's nothing she can't do. Oh, Um, I love her. And and Sister Act. Sister Act. It just fills me with so much joy. Do you know what makes me very sad? I had tickets to see Whoopi on the West End in Sister Act, and then it all changed... And I sold my tickets because I'm not going to see it without Whoopi. Oh, I'd love to have seen that. Why didn't I? Whoopi know and Jennifer Saunders I was like, "Sign me the fuck up." Oh my god! Have my four hundred pounds. I adore her. Like, I remember, I remember watching her as a kid. I'm Robin Williams. Mm, oh, that makes me it. sad. That makes me so sad. So sad. What an entertainer. Watching them growing up, I was like... Do you know what also makes me very sad? More current, Olivia Newton-John. Heartbreaking. Can you imagine how many legends are up there? At a fucking party up there or down there, who knows? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's nice nice to think that they're in some sort of, like, I don't know. Bar. Like, Barbara Windsor's behind the bar. And they're all just sat there. Because that was another one that hit me hard. Because it never used to sort of... I never used to be phased by it. But then as I went through drama school and like June Brown, I cried for about yeah. two hours when June Brown died. Oh, gosh. I was Legends. Hot. Legends. And like, I've never met June Brown. I only really know her as Doc Cotton. But she died and I was just, I was in floods. of. T- I phoned my mum and she was like, what's wrong? What? what no, like, because she lives down in Chichester and I live in Glasgow. She's like, what's happened? And I was like, June Brown's dead. And it was like, you know, when you just, you don't know what you're doing. It's because you, because they share their, you watch them grow old. You watch them, I don't know, flourish. You watch, you watch their lives play out. I think. You feel like you know them, I think. Yeah. I feel like there's some staple characters, especially in, in soaps that mm. when they've gone, you know, they've gone. I don't think there's any anymore. I think the big ones Ken are gone. I'm not, I'm not a Corey person. No. no. Um, like Ken, but yeah, Ken is He's a legend. He's 90 as well. Does not look 90 year old. No, he looks good. I he saw does. that on Instagram, like Coronation Street did a thing, and I was like, fuck off. He's <laughs> not 90. Well, he's had a good life. Oh, what yeah, did he but... go in there when he were what? Well, Corey's been going like 60, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He's been like... it from day one. So he was 30. Wow. Still timing for me. The air. Uh, only yeah, pictures. Um, Morgan Freeman didn't start properly his professional career till he was 43. Yeah, I know, but that, I don't like the thought of that. Don't yeah. like that. I want to do it now. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that, I guess that could give you hope. But yes, yes, keep mm. fighting for now. Yeah, I, I want to do it. I don't want to wait. I'm like, <laughs> done five years it's of good, drama school. It's good to be hungry. You need to be hungry mm. to be a professional actor in this yeah. industry. Absolutely starving. What's coming up for you next? Have you been up to much recently? Yeah, just in an ITV show. I'm not allowed to say anything about it, um, but it's going to be great. Just doing Coronation Street. Absolutely no. Gail Platt's Secret Daughter. That's but where can everyone find you on social media to keep up to Instagram. date with what you're doing? Insta. Yeah. Um, Twitter. I'm trying to remember you. NatGav004. Yeah, that's On it. Insta. Is yeah. it the same on Twitter? I believe, I think it might. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm gonna... Ty- 
But Natalie Gavin in. It's just Natalie Gavin on in, on Twitter. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I'll let you get back to back to normal life. Thank you, thank you so much. Amazing. Have a good Take day. Take care of yourself. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 103 completed. Thank you so much to Natalie for coming on the podcast and make sure to go down into the show notes below and follow us both on social media. And if you're feeling extra generous while you're down there in the show notes, please leave us a rating and a review. It means the absolute world and it helps us more than you can ever imagine. So please go down and do that. Don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please scroll down again and click the link to the Google Forms and send us your craziest acting and drama school stories. We absolutely love them on the podcast. And who knows, maybe they'll be featured on the show and remember that you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our patreon using the link in the show notes below i'll be back again next tuesday with a brand spanking new episode we'll be back with episode 104 have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout Your whole course, now try something new. Trying to scoot home.